Welcome to WSAU Feedback. Oh, wouldn't you love it to be the 4th of July right about now during this big winter storm we're having? Hope you're tucked away somewhere safe. And you're going to tune in for the next segment of WSAU Feedback. In case you missed the first half, my guest this morning, originally from southern part of the state, Slinger, Wisconsin, Steve Wanger. I met him during the course of all of the, uh, well, uh, when uh, it was made clear, obviously, that people were being uh, horribly injured by the poison COVID shot. And he updated us uh, this morning on his condition and described what, what happened with him. He was in the hospital for, I think he said, nine months and uh, was was horribly injured and has obviously extremely mentally strong and was able to uh, recover. All, he'll never fully recover from it, but uh, it is it is good news on, on the part of uh, his situation. If you'd like to listen to the this segment, the conversation we had, you can go out to WSAU.com. It'll be posted shortly after the program concludes. If you would like to join the conversation this morning, 715-845-2155. I know that it's been reported. We talked about it. Chris and I talked about it briefly during the Wisconsin Morning News, but the changes, obviously, James O'Keefe, the founder of Project Veritas, is no longer with the organization. And uh, this is an email that... Uh, uh, was sent out to, well, their email list, and I know that they are hemorrhaging uh, supporters and donors and, and are concerned, obviously, because is it, uh, I mean, I guess it's a good, it's a valid question to ask. Without James O'Keefe, is Project Veritas really Project Veritas? So here's the, this is from the Project Veritas team, I presume uh, many of whom are from the uh, board of directors. Uh, we understand and share your frustrations. We all love and respect James and hope he returns. Now, this is strange to me because um, that's not the impression I got, is that he was forced out. Uh, this is difficult for everyone. An independent two-dimensional audit is being arranged to examine all of the issues, including those outlined below, breaking the bylaws of the organization by unilaterally dismissing the CFO. And this is, they're addressing uh, evidently some of the infractions that led to uh, James uh, James O'Keefe's removal from the organization, private uh, inurement and fiduciary responsibility, easy for me to say, using donations for private benefit. The board included in its statement what it is aware of so far, which clearly warrants this internal audit to ensure the hard-earned and graciously donated money is utilized appropriately. We, uh, they will release more details. Also concerned with employment laws, workplace safety regarding appropriate treatment of the employees was based in part on uh, James O'Keefe's interaction with senior staff in a leadership call, and this was a specific date, January 31st of uh, this year. Staff across multiple departments were ready to leave Project Veritas immediately if his conduct remained unaddressed. So there are differing accounts, and obviously there are there's always more than one side to a story. And uh, in, in the case of James O'Keefe, obviously there were some personality issues and perhaps some behavioral issues that, uh, uh, that needed to be addressed. But again, I guess the question remains, does Project Veritas continue to be uh, the organization that we all uh, came to know without someone like James O'Keefe, who was the driving force behind it? Now, uh, before I take your calls, 715-845-2155, uh, 
couple uh, couple pointers, I guess, couple of uh, stories that I've seen during the course of the last day or two. Uh, we see that uh, uh, former President Trump uh, has traveled to, uh, this is very Trump-like to do this, uh, tra traveled to East Palestine t in Ohio uh, with truckloads of food, water, and supplies. Uh, and uh, hey, guess what? Guess who wasn't, uh, who instead chose to go to the Ukraine in Eastern Europe uh, as opposed to focusing on the disaster that occurred in his own country although you know it's hard it's hard to keep up with all of the of the disasters in our country under the so-called leadership of Joe Biden and his administration if you'd like to join the conversation on that note 715-845-2155 good morning welcome to feedback oh uh, good morning I just heard your interview Yes. With that man about the COVID shot. Yes. And uh, I had that. I had the first one in the late 1970s at a clinic. I had just gotten over mono. I'd been in Florida and the water was contaminated. I got very sick, me and my friends. In any case, I thought I never want to get ill again. I was in perfectly beautiful health when I bounced in to have that COVID shot. And before the nurse pulled that needle out of my arm, I, she saw me collapse on the floor, close the door, and I thought I was dying, having a heart attack, stroke, uh, whatever. And uh, I, I completely lost my health is what that was, and that was a cover-up. And they did character assassination on me for years in medical records. And uh, obviously I lived, but I had severe, severe chronic uh, health ailments, and it cost me about $5 million before I was done. And they, that was all done deliberately and perfectly beautiful uh, uh, people in beautiful health had um, the COVID shot and they wound up on respirators and died and all kinds of things. That was just a massive cover-up. So people better be aware and, and be careful who they're going to and what's going on and watch out with these shots. Yeah, well, it's it's really difficult, I think, after what we've observed to trust anyone in the in the medical community, sadly, and certainly to trust anybody in our government. Well, thank you for calling in. I hope you're doing okay, and I and I hope you stay safe on this uh, snowy winter day. Have a great day. Thank you. Thanks. 715-845-2155. Good morning and welcome to Feedback. Uh, yes, good morning, Meg. Uh, Gia, Gianni calling here. Um, I, I caught most of your interview with Will Flanders. Am I getting the name correct? Yes, PhD? oh, yep, during the Wisconsin Morning News. Yep, from Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty, yes. Yes, yes. And um, I have spent um, almost 20 years in the educational system, public educational system, um, here and, and abroad. And I, I'm wondering, um, very, very, very often we, we don't hear about educational outcomes as they pertain to the parents' responsibility. We're always kind of looking and criticizing the district and the spending and that. And I wonder if you could offer a comment on that. And, and secondly, I'm wondering if um, Will Flanders or, or, or you have ever spent time on the substitute teaching roles in your district in Wisconsin, because, you know, Wisconsin has a hard time getting substitute teachers. And I'm wondering if uh, maybe school board members, um, which is a topic on your show, should spend three days a month in the public schools um, substitute teaching. Um, what say you? 
Well, it's a it's a good idea for school board members. I don't I can't speak for Will. I can reach out to him and ask him if he's. I presume that having earned a PhD, he probably did do some at least some student teaching at some point. But um, I will speak for myself. <laughs> I you know I, no one's ever asked me about doing substitute teaching. I you know maybe I would do it. I don't know if it it would it would be conducive with my hours at the radio station. I don't know how I could pull it off. Uh, but, uh, you know, I have, in addition to working uh, a full-time job here at the station, I have another uh, part-time job, and then I also run get, get Involved Wisconsin. So there's not there's not enough hours in the day for your friend Meg here. But uh, it's, it's an interesting thought. You know, I spent a lot of time in my children's classrooms when they were in elementary and middle schools. I, I, did, I was a stay-at-home mom. And uh, was was thrilled to be able to, as my mother was, yes, uh, to, be, to her to, credit. Well, yeah, and, and thrilled to be a, uh, a, a, I guess I don't know if you call it a room parent, but a, a volunteer in my in my children's I know, classrooms. I know the position very well. Yeah, I, lo- I mean, I, I loved it, and and I mean, I loved getting to know, particularly in my younger son's elementary school. I got to know his entire class, and I mean, I still, I still have connections with some of my my son's friends that he that he knew in kindergarten so for me um that's the time that i spent is when my my children were young and i was able to you know have that extra time to to help out in their classrooms and boy did i love it especially the little kids are so much fun to spend time with and they really (laughs) they all they really want is a little attention and love and and i got to read books to them and participate in classroom activities so I guess that would be the, the closest I've come to substitute teaching, Gianni. Right. And w- would you agree, Meg, um, uh, w- with your, you know, y- your, your experience as, as a, uh, you know, an observer in the classroom as a mother, would you agree that, that probably we're in a period now where teachers, public school teachers and, and parochial school teachers, have never shouldered uh, as great a burden as they they are now, and I, I say that because I, I I am in the system and I see what goes on, um, and I I really have to you know take my hat off to many of these public school teachers. I haven't worked in the parochial schools, but they they do yeoman's work. Yeah, they can, really do. I I I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think I I think it's got to be really. Di- I mean, I think it's got to be difficult to be a kid. A parent of young children, as well as a teacher, because there's so there's so many pressures. I think on on all three, and and I I think with uh, you know you you said something about the responsibility of of the parent. Of parents, and, uh, yes, and, right. and I and I agree I agree wholeheartedly, and I don't know how you how you teach that to 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 people that are already parents that don't make that a priority. Obviously. And, and I'm not sure if you're a parent, but I presume that you you believe that that is a um, is a responsibility of parents is to. I mean, I took it. Well, it I, was when I was in school, but I'm not sure if it takes that much precedent within the 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 contemporary American family now. But it did in the 1970s. Right. And it's 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 sad and it's tragic because I think that all that it's. Is, is whatever responsibility that parents no longer take in, in, in their children's education and raising their children has harmed our society. And, you know, and I think it, it's, it's unfortunate. And, and I mean, I don't know how you, how you teach a, 
parenting class to kids in the public school, but perhaps that's something too. At least there's some sort of, I don't know, accountability kind of teaching with kids and and, and what what it really means to be a parent and. You know, because otherwise, it, I, I think it just repeats generations, and and it's it's something that it's a problem that will never get resolved unless unless we address it. And I agree, it's not it's not one hundred percent on the shoulders of the schools. I think that really, perhaps they have to pick up the slack when the parents aren't taking responsibility for their children. But I, I sometimes my husband used to say to me, "You take too much." of the burden and the responsibility of our children's behavior on yourself. We need to be holding them accountable for their behavior because I, I had a kind of a, um, a very challenge, I'll just say a very challenging child. And I often found myself having to apologize to, uh, to teachers and administrators because he was a very difficult. He was a very, he was very, very intelligent, highly intelligent kid, but he, gave his uh, teachers and the administrators in the schools a run for their money. And I, I found myself often having to run interference because of uh, some of his, uh, his choices, I guess we'll say. Well, you're carrying probably more than your share of the burden. But thank you, Meg, <laughs> yeah. for your commentary, and keep up the good work. Well, thank you. Great to hear from you, Gianni. I hope you have a wonderful day. Stay, stay warm and safe. I think you're in Marquette County, right? Oh, he's gone. 715-845-2155. Good morning and welcome to Feedback. All right, we'll go to the next caller. Good morning and welcome to Feedback. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call, Meg. Sure. Forgive me, I winked out. I missed some of your interview. What do you know about the G20? Maybe you've mentioned it. This uh, coalition between our president and Ching, and they want to really wreck our days. I know. You know about that. Well, you mean the G are you talking about the G20 summit? And the the the, the WHO, they want to bring that to oh. a place near us. Oh, well absolutely. One world government, that's their objective. I mean the, the elitists in our wor- in the world, they want to control us and they are making recommendations, not walking in our shoes, not living our lives, not understanding at all how we how we live our lives, even here in in Wisconsin, and even in some of the par- more rural parts of Wisconsin, they have they have no business, in my opinion, they have no business prescribing None. how we should live our lives. And yes, I it's it's terrifying. And any time, I mean, I think, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, when when Trump was president, he wanted to uh, disassociate with any of these uh, with this or, with the World Health Organization and with uh, with anything that had to do with this one nation or this one world government and i mean we need in, in my opinion we need more elected officials that embrace that attitude as well and the ones we have were to get on the phone and scream holler email whatever we gotta stop this or yes. we don't want to live here anymore yeah. amen i agree well and thankfully our final destination is so much greater than it could ever oh, be here mercy can't wait <laughs> yes well hey thanks for calling in it was nice what was your first name William. William. Nice but to what hear. What we do might make a lot of a difference. We don't want that coming here, but we're part of the G20 Summit. Yes, and we have to speak out. Well, thanks for your points this morning, William. I got to go to a break. We'll be right Bye. back with the final thoughts on WSAU Feedback.
Good morning. Thanks for joining me on WSAU Feedback. I appreciate the calls this morning. I The only regret I ever have at the end of the uh, broadcast time is that I am not able to speak with uh, more of you. And I am grateful for your efforts in getting through. I know that there are t- from time to time, I uh, dedicate a full hour of uh, programming to your calls. And that's in uh, that's in the works as well. So... I look forward to that so that many more of you can share your point of view on the program. Looking at the clock, want to stay on time today. Be, be careful out there. Uh, if you don't have to go out, I guess I wouldn't recommend it. It was quite an interesting drive in this morning when I was driving on all the unplowed roads. Uh, fortunately, I have all, an all-wheel drive vehicle that got me here safely. Got a boogie. God bless. Talk with you again tomorrow.